Blog Talk Radio. I'm Susie Byler with Transcending the Matrix, and you are listening to Journey into the Light Radio. Welcome to Transcending the Matrix, Episode 4. Today's episode is about jurisdiction, and if you're joining us for the first time, the show is all about bringing to light and disclosing what we have not seen about the legal system and the law so that we can free ourselves and create heaven on earth. I'm Susie Byler. I am a spiritual guide and teacher, and I am also a channel for the divine. And this is Rob. He has done much research with the law and has, in fact, gotten himself out of jail and been in many courtrooms assisting others. So he knows what he's talking about. He's done the research. He's done the legwork. And he's here to bring us the information so that we can apply it in our everyday lives. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and hello, everybody. Um, I'm very excited to to go over this stuff and bring it forward because a lot of people just don't realize what is actually happening, but they know something is happening, so this is awesome. So I appreciate you offering this to everyone. Oh, my goodness. My pleasure. (laughs) So talk to us about jurisdiction. Give us a definition. Okay. Not not many people even know what that means. Right. So if we break down the uh, etymology of jurisdiction and history and just, you know, break the word in half, right? So juris means law, right? And then diction is to speak or to write, you know. So it's basically just spoken law or written law. Um, There's many different jurisdictions. A lot of times... When we think of jurisdiction not knowledgeable in law, we think of, well, if I go in one county, that's a different jurisdiction from another, a different state jurisdiction. Well, yes, that's all true. Absolutely. But there are many other jurisdictions that are superior to others. And what I have done is really looked at which ones are the most powerful and important. So uh, natural law jurisdiction is very powerful to man's law jurisdiction. And they usually uh, don't cross, okay, for various reasons. And we talked in episode one about man's law versus natural law. Yes, yep. So um, understanding jurisdiction is huge. So in this country, everyone thinks that the United States is America or is the United States of America. But it's not, not at all. They're two separate bodies. So the United States is a corporate body politic created and incorporated the United States of America is the states of the Union combined together to form a body politic. Now, we used to be under what's called a Republican form of government, um, where the states were republics, and only Washington, D.C. was a democracy. But now they tell us that we're all democracy. But if you look at the definition of democracy, you break it down, it actually means mob rule. Democracy is majority rule, 51% over 49 So if we call it mob... <laughs> I mean, it's essentially what it is because a mob is any, any more greater than the other, you know, group. So what you have is 51% voting out for what they want and getting what they want. And the other 49, it doesn't matter. You're, you're stuck with it. Well, that's yeah. not how it was set up. And the evidence of the difference between the United States and the United States of America is in a few basic places that I can give to everyone that okay. they could look up. Okay. Yeah. So one is in the United States Code. 
All right, so there's a thing called the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. Now, that's the rules of court for federal court, and all the states have a very similar adoption of that with few things tweaked. Okay, so it's very similar in each state. you find that? You find that at Cornell Law online. You can, okay. just, you can just type Google? in. Google? Yeah, just Google U, United States Code, and you can Google United States Code uh, section. Well, actually, what you would want to do is 28 USC, United States Code, and then... 1746 A1. Okay, and that'll bring you right to the actual statute. I told you he's done his research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this is very important because you what. Have good memory, too. <laughs> I know, for this stuff, everything else I forget. That's very interesting. <laughs> it is. Um, it's actually my divine calling. So um, if you go there and you look at that, it's an oath for an affidavit. And what they're saying in this oath, if you look at section one, it says that. Uh, and so the oath reads like this, and what they're saying is, if you take an oath to an affidavit, this is how you should write it without the United States. So it says, without the United States, I swear or affirm under the laws of penalty, under the, um, yeah, law of penalty, under the laws of the United States of America, that the foregoing is true and correct. But it's without the United States, but it says under the laws of the United States of America. Well, how can that be if they're both the same? So there's a straight piece of evidence that something's fishy here. Because if I'm under the laws of one, but it says I'm without the other, a maxim of law is two things the same cannot be separate. So that's a maxim, which means it goes back thousands of years, and you can't break a maxim of law. So that's the first piece of evidence, right, that there's something going on. The other one is in the 14th Amendment where it says a person born or naturalized in the United States is a citizen of the United States and the state wherein they reside. Well, the word and means you have a second citizenship to your state. So they created another citizen called a United States citizen that only belongs in Washington, D.C., the territories and possessions. Someone that's born in the state is not technically a United States citizen unless they volunteer to be. So you're going to tell us about that. Yeah, you, of course <laughs> you volunteer on everything, right? Are you a U.S. citizen? Yes. Are you a yes, yes, yes? You keep checking it off, but you're really not. You're really a state citizen under that republic form of government, which is no longer inhabited. It's empty. All the seats are empty. All the government seats right now are in the United States, which is a corporate body. They're wearing different hats. See, that hat still exists. They're just not wearing it. They're in the corporate body. So that creates a whole jurisdictional overlay of the entire country. <laughs> okay, so the entire country essentially belongs in D.C. It's, they overlaid it. And you can see that by how they did that to signify it is when you write your mail, you put uh, a zip code, which is not required to send mail at all, <laughs> and an abbreviation of the state. The abbreviation, if you look at it, what, how's Washington, D.C. abbreviated? What's the district abbreviated? D.C., District of Columbia. They did the same thing with the states, you know, Arizona, A.Z., you know, Alabama, A.L., you know, North Carolina, N.C. That's not the state. That is the fictional corporate United States overlay. That's a different jurisdiction, okay? That jurisdiction is less powerful than your original jurisdiction. And this, I know, is probably blowing people's minds. Very the, hard to wrap your head the around. The one that's less powerful is when they abbreviate it, NCAL. Yeah, that jurisdiction okay. is, yeah. Because much, that's much the more. overlay from D.C. Right, and if you listen to the, the previous shows that we've done, you know that 
uh, this birth entity is belongs in that jurisdiction. That's what they control in their jurisdiction. And we know this, that there's a difference in jurisdiction from going into court and having judges literally hide because they knew we figured it out. You know, we would go in and challenge them. Wait, where are we? You know, are we in the federal jurisdiction here? Because according to this, X, Y, Z, this is federal jurisdiction. Because the state of is the abbreviated thing. It's not the... the so, in other words, the state of Alabama is not Alabama. The, anything that says the state of and then the state is a subsidiary of the federal government. It's just a subsidized corporation. So, I'm not a citizen of Arizona. Or, I'm not a citizen of the state of Arizona. Right. I'm an Arizonan. Yes. You're, yes. And, actually, that's another piece of evidence. It's called the government printing, the government printing office style manual. And you can Google that. And you want to Google Section 5.23. And in that, what that is, that's a manual that shows the government, when they legislate laws, how they have to spell certain things and, and uh, What's signify. What's it called again? The Government Printing Office Style Manual, okay. Section 5.23. And in there, it says nationalities. And under nationalities, it lists okay. as such. It lists the states as a New Jerseyan, uh, you know, an Alabaman, an Arizonan, a New Yorker, or I think it's actually a New Yorkan. I don't think it's New Yorker, but... They're telling you, because that's a nationality, how can you have a nationality from a state if it's not a separate nation? I mean, use common sense. This is common sense. So we look up these definitions in the legal dictionary, and it clarifies everything, you know. So we are in a completely other world that we don't even realize we're in, and, and they've got this all figured out. Now, the people at the front desk of these government offices, they don't know this stuff. You know, but some of these judges and high-powered officials are very aware, make no mistake. They know exactly so how, how this does works. this knowledge really make a difference in our everyday life? Well, again, because we go back to those control systems. So, you know, if you agree to be a U.S. citizen, that is a control mechanism because underneath the Trading with the Enemy Act of October 6, 1917, which was amended by the Emergency Bank Relief Act of March 9, 1933... A U.S. citizen is an enemy of the state, is an enemy of the United States. Yeah, absolutely. And according to the Patriot Act in 2001, a U.S. citizen is also considered a terrorist. So, so what you do, I just hold on a second, what you do <laughs> is you do paperwork to rescind that. So yes. that I'm not a terrorist, I'm not... A know. U.S. citizen, I'm not, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. And I declare peace because... Yes, this is important. Yes, it's very important because um, under those, under the, this all goes back to the Trading with the Enemy Act, which declares uh, you, well, an enemy as an enemy belligerent rebel. Then they tied that in in 1933. I'm so belligerent. <laughs> exactly. But anything you do in protest, is saying I'm an enemy, belligerent, rebel, terrorist. So that's why protesting no longer works. That's why you have no rights. Because in a military D.C. jurisdiction under this type of structure, you don't have any rights. You don't even think about bringing up rights because you already volunteered those away when you yeah. sign the contract to be a United States citizen. People go, what contract? Well, the registration of birth, the registration of your car, your home loan, you know, your fishing license, your your home permit, you name it. Anything, your uh, passport, anything that says U.S. citizen, you've contracted. You know, so what we're doing or what I've done is I have severed those contracts, set the record straight, created the record, notified them, let them know, took the power back, took the entity back, mm -hmm. put that in the trust, and I'm in a different jurisdiction now. 
So I have to learn to live in this jurisdiction that's really not inhabited by many people at all. <laughs> just me. No, it's not just me. There, there are others who know this Seems stuff very well. Seems to be well. many more. Because yeah. you are paving the way. Yes, absolutely. And there, there are many, many more people that know this stuff. So it's not just me. Um, but that is jurisdiction in a nutshell. I mean... Okay, so going back to how this affects our everyday lives. Right. Again, um, it affects your everyday life by them having control of everything that you do. You know, now you may say, well, no way, they can't do that. But try doing something that, you know, you think is your right to do. And they say, no, it's not. And see what happens, you know. So um, mailing, for instance. You want to mail something private? I know you want to mail something private to, if you and I were mailing something back and forth, I don't need a 52 cent, whatever it's up to now stamp. I just need a two cent stamp. Because in that jurisdiction, two cents has been the set price since the 1800s. It hasn't changed. And I've sent all my Christmas cards out and all that stuff with a two cent stamp, and it never comes back, ever. It always reaches its destination. So just to be clear, we don't have to do all the paperwork that you've done in order to use a two-cent stamp. No, you, anybody can do that. Yeah, anybody, because nobody's going to challenge you on it, you know. And if the post office does, you challenge them back, you know, and just say, hey, well, wait a minute, you know, you need to prove to me where this is not lawful. But I know where it resides, and I can do Yeah, well, that. I mean, like, okay, so you drop your mail off at the post office, or you put it in your mailbox with a flag up, and the postman comes to get it, whatever. Don't they look at that and be like, I can't send that out? Are nope. they trained? Do they know? They just put it, remember, they just pick it up. They take mm -hmm. it. They throw it into a bin. They take it. They throw it in another bin, and a machine sorts it. And the machine knows that, yeah, it's fine. So a human eye isn't really looking at that and saying, oh, two cents, that doesn't work. i got to send that back to the right. sender. Not that I know of. And if it ever did happen, I would love to challenge them. I already oh, have on, on several things. Yeah, and, and I've had to shut the postmaster down and have him go, I apologize. That's okay, you know. Um, zip codes are not required under the domestic mail manual, um, 602, I think it is, section 602, I forget, it's, it's in there and I have it all available, you know, and, uh, but you don't need a zip code either if you're sending it, uh, just me to you. It has to be person to person, it can't be you to a corporation, you to a government, you to the military, it has to only be between private people. There's no zip code required, I've done that too. Now, they might fill it in by hand, but you didn't put it in and your mail still got there. And I can show them, which I have right in the domestic mail manual, where it says zip code is not required. Because the zip code is signifying that you're in the district. They can't force you to be in the district. They can trick you to be in there all they want. You can volunteer to be in there. And that's what happens. Yeah. So fascinating. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Um, uh, okay. Some more, some more applications for everyday life. I know a big one for a lot of parents is the topic of vaccinations. We'll mm. talk about how jurisdiction has absolutely uh, relevance there. They have no jurisdiction over what is the supreme creators or what they call God. Um, so if you're facing a school that wants to vaccinate your child, it's very simple. You write an affidavit, okay, and you write it and to the effect of my child came into this earth and because onto this earth perfect the way that they are, and because of our religious beliefs, religious, uh, we cannot have this child vaccinated. And you just lay out basically in facts, you know, what that is. Do you have a template letter for that? I do somewhere, yeah, because I've okay. used it for my son. And then you issue it to the school and wait for the reaction. It's usually no questions asked. 
Um, and if they challenge on it, you just say, okay, well, you show me where the state has a right over my religious beliefs. And I know a lot of us in the spiritual community don't like to use the word religion. However, that's the term that they recognize. Right. So, you know, they don't have a right. Use what you got, people. Use what you got. <laughs> use what they know to, just to make yeah. the language. Use in the, the language. Yeah. yeah. And I've never had my son vaccinated for school ever. Like, I never had to give records, nothing. Yeah. Just an affidavit. There you go. This is a good example of working with a system like using the language that they know and recognize instead of getting all in a huff and be like, well, I'm not religious, I have nothing to do with religion. Just go with it. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> and once you're private, a U.S. citizen is a public entity. Once you're private, you're a private citizen. You don't, there is no need to fight and argue. They get it. They know. Yeah. You know, you just have to know how to approach them and speak yeah. the language. And that's why uh, we're setting up trust because I've created a mechanism that's a lot easier to do this. You don't have to do all these tons of paperwork. Yes, there's a good bit to get to that point, but it's nothing compared to what I've seen other people trying to do. I mean, I know some people that are trying to go back and sever every single contract they've ever contracted with the government. I mean, come on. You know, your voter registration, just your permits of every, just like I went through earlier. That's that doesn't even feel powerful to me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> What feels powerful is this is who I am. Yeah. I am in jurisdiction. I am a creation of the creator, and only the creator can control that, okay, unless I give consent to a lesser being to do it. Mm -hmm. okay. Once you establish that on the record, wow. <laughs> you know. So cool. is that a declaration of status? That would be considered a declaration of status, okay. which is essentially a declaration where you declare the facts, but it's an affidavit form where you swear to it under, guess what, 1746-1, 28 U.S.C., 1746-1, under the laws of the United States of America, because they can't mess with that. So anyone trying to rebut your affidavit declaration without a, a superior oath, throw it in trash. It's just hearsay. It's not even a real oath. And they're not even in your jurisdiction. There's no way that they can trump that. I don't care what attorney it is. Well, wait, back up. You just said a whole bunch of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of glazed over it. So good. Let's let's talk about that in okay. in a context with an example. Let's give us a, give us an example of how you might use that. Okay. So um, an example would be I had a friend who had done his prior records, and um, the IRS was now coming after him for the tune of like 200000 or something like that. And he had already done his records, his declaration status with his oaths on it and everything like that. And we said, oh, hold up, you know, and we drafted up an affidavit from the executor of the estate, which is what they're trying to attack, which is the straw man birth certificate. And at the bottom, we put our oath on there, just like we would. And the next day, the IRS called him up and said, oh, have a nice day. Thank you very much for, uh, you know, participating at this point, but we're done. And it was gone. The warrant was removed. Everything was gone. Yeah. So that's how powerful and what you could do with it. Let you know your stuff. <laughs> Love it. And this is not about taxes. That wasn't anything to do with tax right. evasion. That was establishing jurisdiction because if you're not in a federal zone and you're not a federal employee, that income tax doesn't apply to you. The only reason it applies to you is because you volunteered to give it to them. Right. Yeah. That's a whole other topic, too. Okay. That is. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, actually some great YouTube stuff around, around yeah. that. Years ago, I watched a video called Zeitgeist, which mm -hmm. is what clued me into some of this. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of resources. We're, we don't have time to get into all of that today. Right. And yeah, we don't want to go there. We, <laughs> you know, we advocate that you pay your taxes legally, you know, if you're subject to that. Yeah. yeah. But the volunteer thing is very interesting. Very important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so 
one of the things that when we understand this thing about jurisdiction um, of the spiritual correlation to this is maintaining your state of being. So something you and I have talked about is um, more than the paperwork and more than, you know, going through, jumping through all these hoops to, well, not even jumping through, I don't want to frame it that way, more than doing the paperwork and reclaiming your status and all of that mm -hmm. is your state of being and how you maintain your center, how you maintain yourself, how you are with your energy being centered or being pulled off center. Give us your perspective on that. Well, again, maintaining your energy in the love aspect is huge. And, you know, adding value to the uh, to yourself, really, by saying, I am valuable, and I do not want to fight with anyone. I do not want to be an enemy, belligerent rebel, you know. I do want to be in the light of God, if you want to call it, or the supreme creator. And I'm just here to assist humanity and do the will of the creator. And that's very important. And I put that in my documents, and I know that whoever's on the other end reading it is like, oh, boy, because they cannot get in the way with the will of the Creator. And if you're here to carry that out, which we all are, because we're all here in service to one another. So that keeps you in alignment, and it's very powerful when you get into all this kind of stuff. So what I'm trying to teach people is how you – okay, so they can't recognize this. Uh, they can't recognize God or the Creator or anything. So what you do is you use that to say, you can't recognize this. So I have a trust set up, which we got into before, that they can recognize, and that trust is built on the fact that because you're a creation of God, you can't participate in this commercial, commerce world, legal world that they've created. So the trust does it for you, for your benefit, so that you can continue to carry out the will of the Creator, unencumbered, unmolested, uninhibited. Can I tell you how much I love this? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, because I know who I am, mm -hmm. and whether you want to call it a child of God or a child of Supreme Creator, or whatever, the words are important. Right. Who I am as a divine being. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to throw in the word sovereign. Mm -hmm. You know, just as that um, divine sovereign, not like, you know, the crazy patriot sovereign. We're not, right. we're not going there. No. Um, but who I am as a divine being is worth more than, first of all, than they're even, you know, trading my, you know, trading the money in my behalf behind my back and I don't even know about it. I'm worth more than all of that. Mm -hmm. My life force is worth more than all of that. And... The fact that they can't mess with that. <laughs> you know, you talk about wanting to feel safe in this world, and, and I talk about this a lot with my people, wanting to feel safe in this world, wanting to feel protected, you know, moving through the fear. When you get down to the core essence of all of this, they can't mess with who you are. They can't. It's they like, can only mess with what they've created and get you to identify with. Right, That's exactly. That's it. And once you separate yourself yeah. from that and you transcend the matrix, <laughs> spiral up, yeah. they're like, oh, okay. And essentially, you we know, lost another one. Yeah, you want to stop the war and you want to stop the fighting and the yeah. anger and all the stuff that goes on over there, take the gas out of the tank. And that's when you do what I'm speaking about yeah. and claiming this entity that they've created back and then putting limitations on what they can and can't do with it. You just remove their ability to use it to fund their war machine. 
because that's all it's there for for them. That's really that's really important. We mm-hmm. and we did touch on this in another episode, but this idea of fighting against and you know you know the man's out to get you and mm-hmm. you know like all of all of our mental constructs around this really don't serve us mm-hmm. because Absolutely it's not. it's not about being a warrior. At it's all. not about being a spiritual warrior. Sorry, guys. I know this is going to, like, break a lot of paradigms, <laughs> but I am going to extend an invitation to you right here and now to release your warrior self. You don't have to fight anything nope. in this realm or other realms. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. You don't have to fight anything in this realm or other realms. What you need is love the knowledge, the education that Rob's giving us, thank you, mm-hmm. and the knowing of who you are, the divine being that you are, and that that cannot be touched. Your soul can't be harvested unless you let it. You know, all these things that I hear people talking about, it's like, really, you guys? When are you going to reclaim your power? Mm-hmm. When are you going to reclaim the authority that you are? Because... If you believe that someone's out there harvesting souls, what is that saying about who you think you are as a powerful being or not? Sure. You know, so (laughs) some this is kind of deep stuff, but this is really important because there are people out there believing that that could happen to them, that their souls would be harvested. It's like, come on, claim your power. Yeah, because you're going to allow it to be harvested. You know. there was a point I wanted to make as you were saying, and now I forgot, but I know it was important. Hopefully it comes to me before we end this. Um, but, yeah, you, you have to consent to that. You know, you have to consent to someone harvesting your, your soul. And we're just merely saying we don't consent to that anymore. You know, we're done. Um, we're getting oh, that's off the what, wheel of reincarnation. Yep. And that's, that's what I meant to say about, you know, the war machine, okay? They're the largest, the United States and these other countries, they're the largest war machine on Earth, you know, but... They claim that they're protecting you. That's why we have to go to war. But let's think about this. To protect you, there has to be something that's attacking you. And if there's nothing attacking you, doesn't it make sense that we would have to create something that you believe is attacking you so that we can save you from it? Kind of sounds like the devil in the Bible, doesn't it? Does the devil really exist? Or did they just create that so that they could make everyone believe that we needed to be saved from it? It's the same principle. That's exactly what they do. You know, and there isn't, there's none of that. There's, there's no boogeyman. This even goes, you know, into topics like psychic attacks and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and you know, lightworkers that are crippled because they believe they're being psychically attacked. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to... I've been attacked, <laughs> and those entities were nothing more than an extension of me. <laughs> Enough said. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, just think about it, you guys. Just... Consider what Rob just said. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. All right. These shows are all about empowerment, all about helping you find your freedom in your everyday life. And so, Rob, I thank you so much for joining me once again. You're welcome. We are going to come back for one final episode. It's going to be juicy, so you definitely want to tune in. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who want more practical hand-holding, more practical guidance about how to be powerful in your everyday life, please join us at the Unlock Your Power Retreat here in Sedona, Arizona, October 19th through the 22nd. We will be activating your spiritual gifts. We will be digging into your shadow, shining a light, illuminating your shadow so that you can see the things that have been holding you back. 
that have been oppressing you, suppressing you, uh, all of those things so that you can clear it up and start creating the powerful life as a powerful being because you are a divine being. You are a being that can create powerfully if you have the tools, if you've cleared up your field and rewired your nervous system and your belief systems and all of those things. So that's what the Unlock Your Power Retreat is all about. I hope that you'll join us. Go to creationtemple.com retreat and register for that today. Much love, you guys. We'll see you in the next episode.